Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So there are lots of examples in popular culture, in the media, everywhere we look of people becoming great or achieving amazing things because of the tough love that they get from their families, partners or mentors. So today we thought that we'd sort of sit down and unpack this idea of tough love. What does it really mean? What are its implications? Why it's held up, why it's demonized, and whether it can ever be useful. To start off with yes or no, where do you stand on this? This is Shrishti, your host, and for the first time, I will put my stance up front because it's easy with the way the question is phrased, which is I think it can definitely be useful. Yeah. Hi, this is Rohita, and I think more often than not, it is not useful. Hey, it's Carla, and I think I really like tough love, but as I would define it, it's compassionate tough love. Okay, so that's that's an interesting note about how you would define it, which brings us to what's always a point of contention, which is the definition. So how do you actually define what tough love is? So from my basic, just like looking this up and, you know, two minute Googling, it's basically when you love someone but you're you're being uh, sort of harsh to them in the short run or holding them accountable or responsible to things for their betterment in the long run so you're being tough on them so that they can improve or so that they can get to a better place yeah that's i mean the common understanding of it although there is like implications of corporal punishment in india especially like the way we associate it but Tough love also has implications beyond like the immediate interpersonal relationships. It's all it also has to do with how generally like society is ordered and how like the state punishes people in the same vein. Yeah. And there's a lot of conversations now about this approach in being inherently harmful or not not helpful if not harmful, mm. but harmful also. And how like forgiveness and compassion without the tough part of it is actually more productive. So um, let's talk a little bit about like tough love in the first context that it comes up. Like the first thing that you think about, which is like tough love in parenting, right? Like when, which is like the most kind of, I don't know, primal power dynamic. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but where like, which, which you see around a lot and where this concept of tough love comes up a lot, right? Let's just take a few examples to kind of understand what tough love is in this context and whether it can be helpful or not. So, for example, uh, what do you think about, say, saying no to a child when they ask for something that you don't consider to be a necessity? Is that tough love? Is that okay? Is that required? I think, okay, uh, I'll go against what I said earlier and say that this is like, this kind of tough love is okay like I'm okay with that because how else will you will you teach children what necessary versus unnecessary is like the distinct like distinct to distinguish between what they want versus what they need yeah but at the same time I see a lot of people who unilaterally deny children things that they want which I feel it can also be a bit cruel so I'm like on the fence about this one 
I just feel like, I mean, before Carla, you step in as the person who actually does the parenting. We can go ahead with like a hypothetical judgments and situations. I love judging parents, but I'm joking, kind of. But I think, uh, <laughs> but I think that, you know, like when people, I, I see the opposite, which is that I see a lot of really like spoiled kids with like iPads and phones and 100 toys and like anything that they want, they get which I think you should should teach them like not to because also then they start liking things a lot like and being in love with material things but I feel like it's important here to exercise tough love and I think the parents who just give kids whatever they want they're actually not thinking about like raising their children and what's helpful for them but they're just doing whatever's required to like pacify them or like deal with their existence which I understand when you're in a stressful situation but I think in this situation actually the tough love approach is the more thoughtful one the more careful one the one where you're actually giving time into thinking what's going to be helpful for them in the long run and I think it's a great example of like where tough love is really needed but okay I have a question from non-parent yeah you're speaking about material things but what about like so we come across a lot of we've even had the friend who, you know, if you ask them to come over, they'll be like, oh, but my parents won't allow me to do this. And there's no, like, rational reason for why that is, except that they just don't, and that's it. And the parent may, may have their own reasons for it. They think it's not productive or whatever. Yeah. And so they think, it, so it is tough love, but is that fair? I don't think that's fair. <laughs> No, that's a tricky one. I know what you mean about like parents sometimes just like drawing that line arbitrarily and I took the very convenient example of just material things and very small children. I know that it gets tricky then about how you define it. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a part of the parent power dynamic, you know, like it's unfortunate, but I think they do hold that position of authority. And then I'd say that as the child grows older, they have more agency to rebel and fight back and stuff. But I think it's okay for the parent to determine like, what they think is a necessity and not and for the child to hopefully argue that out as they're older sometime earlier we conflated i forget what we were talking about but somebody conflated tough love with punishment and to me these two things are actually very very different like i think having a punitive parenting style is like extraordinarily harmful but to me tough love is something different it's more about like boundaries and accountability as you were saying shristi right and it's more about like like teaching that uh, certain value systems by drawing certain boundaries, right? And so the problem with this is, as you say, that there are parents whose value systems you're going to find inherently, let's say, abhorrent, right? Or overly oppressive or like, you know, not ethical. And so as long as that child is living in that house, they're sort of beholden to those rules. But, but I think the boundaries are important. And the, they exist to, to ultimately make kids more self-reliant, like to help them operate in the world. But I don't think that tough love necessarily means like abuse or necessarily means punishment or necessarily means any of these things that I think all of us in this room agree are not acceptable. So let's talk about another example. So what about grounding someone for doing something that's not permitted? Um, and okay, let's look at two scenarios and which would we see as more acceptable and why, right? So one example is when a child is caught in a sexual or romantic relationship that the parents don't like, 
and the other example is when a child is doing something unsafe like leaving the house when they're not supposed to or without supervision so i don't think grounding is ever okay in any situation mm. um and for me the first example encapsulates why it's not okay in the second one also because it it can just be applied very arbitrarily once you just like start doing this yeah. you can do it for anything without any justification really it's very unilateral so i mean the first one is is like the child exercising the agency and doing something which the parent may or may not feel is okay or good for them but punishing them for that and there being some kind of negative consequences doesn't help and it just does more long term harm and same thing with something that we might think is a useful thing to ground someone for instead of grounding them like why not forgive them for doing it you know so but my question there is roita that how would they un- and and it's kind of really a question like you said punishment is not tough love right but for me a part of tough love is like as we said accountability so how do you hold people accountable like how do you devise a mechanism which holds them accountable say if you're against grounding what is it that would make them realize that hey what you're doing is not acceptable because often you find even with people you don't have to have a child right that if you keep forgiving them then they keep 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 making the same mistake and they think it's okay to make that mistake because well, you forgive them and also them. forgiveness in this instance sounds just like complete permissiveness it sounds like a lack of boundaries right if the idea is you can we set a bunch of boundaries in this household you do whatever you want and you're forgiven without any sort of any uh, any conversation and that's the end of it then there's no boundary that's essentially erasing the boundary yeah so the thing is in the short term a lot of research also says that this works like punishing and punishment works and that's why parents often resort to it because they also have a cognitive bias to to sh- towards punishment because when they do it, it in the short term it has results but yeah. in the long term it teaches the child to solve problems through violence or pun- like violence i don't mean like always physical violence but you know like punishment and aggression and it teaches children to solve problems that way rather than finding another mode of problem solving that's more peaceful deescalating and it has implications for society at large itself because at the end of the day we we leave the nest and then enter into a world where we interact in certain ways and then if these are the lessons we're taking then that's inherently harmful for the world uh again i i don't know i don't know i don't think i agree so i hate grounding also like i think this concept of like trapping somebody in a room because they have like displeased you in some way is like very creepy right yeah. and like has no place in any like uh reasonable conversation about accountability with children but and you know rohit i agree with you cuz haven't you ever seen this thing happen when people say like parents who always tie something that a child wants to some other outcome or they parent by threat where you know if you don't eat your vegetables i won't let you watch tv or you know there's always like this is something you're expected to do and if you don't do it i will take away something that you want to do kind of a thing yeah and it's funny like kids you see as young as like 3 start picking that up and they start using it back to their parents oh you want a kiss i'll give you a kiss if you give me a chocolate like i'll give you a this if you give me a that yeah. like <laughs> they start doing this bargaining thing yeah. and they pick it up very fast and i think that's a super dangerous way 
of raising kids because ultimately you're treating them to see their community and all of their human relationships as a negotiation and a barter, right? Yep, yep. So I think that's a really ugly way to approach it. But I also think this thing of consequences is real in the sense that, you know, grounding is an arbitrary consequence. But if a, if a teenage child, like the example you gave, right, like sneaking out at night or whatever, violates some, the sanctity of a parent's trust, that has real implications. When you have betrayed somebody's trust and you've hurt them and you've lied to them and you've violated some part of your relationship, that has consequences. And the consequences are that you have probably hurt them, right? You've probably impacted their ability to trust you in the future. That's going to change the dynamic of your relationship. So these are all natural consequences that I think should be articulated and explained very, very clearly. And I think that's how you build accountability, accountability. right? And I think that's what we have to address, right? Like that a lot of a lot of Indian kids, I think, grow up like when you exchange stories and stuff, not seeing what love is or like not seeing love towards them itself. I don't think that's tough love at all. Because again, I don't think those people are actually thinking about like what is good for the kid, but they're finding a way to take out their frustration or just passing on whatever they know as like parenting. Okay, so it's interesting because on this pa aspect of it, there is like I'll disagree because there are a lot of like we would be remiss in talking about this without bringing up corporal punishment and that sort of uh, thing which is again super super common yeah example of tough love yeah and so there's this article that I was reading which was really interesting it, it's it talks about tough love in black communities and so there's this like one line that really struck out. It's written by someone named Jira Asim. I'm not pronouncing it right, but I've often heard it posited that more stringent methods of correction are necessary when raising a child for whom the world is particularly unforgiving and missteps especially costly. So it's a way of kind of preparing your child for what they are likely to experience in the world and preparing a response and keeping them safe essentially from the dangers of the world as a marginalized child and like a lot of I mean we've seen this there's a lot of anecdotal evidence of maybe like Im immigrant families in the west also believing very strongly in corporate punishment because you want them to be strong and withstand a lot of things um, so the ethical issue for me comes in over here in mm. these instances because there are consequences for families like these where yeah. like social sec child security services essentially separates children from their families when when uh, there's a lot of corporal punishment which they see as child abuse so i mean that is this really weird issue e ethically speaking where Corporal punishment is obviously very harmful, but is that a solution? And how the way we the way in which we approach um, corporal punishment is is in itself quite corporal, right? So I don't know, like what we do about corporal punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll pick up where you started with this, which is I do think it's an interesting this this sort of parenting approach of like the world is a brutal difficult place that's going to chew you up and spit you out and I'm just trying to help prepare you for it basically by beating the shit out of you I mean no it's not I mean we're I didn't mean to joke out of it to joke about it but the truth is is like 
I understand this thing and this, but you hear this pervasive in everybody who really believes in tough love, this thing of like preparing kids for the real world, right? Like what yeah. it's really like. So all those same arguments that I earlier made about like, you know, they have to learn to be accountable and when you commit to something, you follow through and all those things, right? But it's the same theory, right, applied in these situations, which is if you know you're sending your children out into a brutal world, they should start to be prepared early so that they can form whatever, you know, resilience they need to that situation. It's very grim, but like I understand where that comes from. Okay, I have, yeah. a, I have a corporal punishment question. So we all know and agree uh, that obviously that corporal punishment and physical, any sort of physical abuse is like n definitively not okay. Tell me, do you have this like, I mean, I've heard this Indian cultural thing of like giving kids a tight slap, you know, like a, okay, which I think most parents who use this parenting technique don't think of it as corporal punishment. They just think of like the kid knows that if they like push the parent too far, they're just gonna get one slap, not more. Do you, where, where do you think that that fits for you? Cause like, I remember when I first moved to India, I was like absolutely floored and shocked at the number of people that would openly say this because it was like, that was considered okay. Like beating your kids is not considered okay, but this was not considered beating your kids. Have you encountered this as a disciplinary measure? Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and in fact, like, I, I also remember, like, there are so many times when you bond with people over, like, being <laughs> hit around as a child, and you're, like, all exchanging stories and sitting and, like, talking about it, like a joint therapy session. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's widely accepted. And did anyone ever learn anything from a tight slap? That's what I want to know. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. I think except feeling, like, humiliated or, like, feeling yeah. like something's been taken out on you, which, like, yeah. you didn't even... And most of the times, it's like you've not even done anything very wrong, you know? You've yeah. just been, like... You can tell that your parent is taking out their frustration on you. Yeah. Thing is that as I grow older, I can, like, empathize more and more with, like, parents who've had to raise, like, children in their 20s, and I just can't imagine. So I become more and more empathetic to the parents' position, and the yeah. more you deal with children as an adult, <laughs> and you're just like, what do I do to get you to stop annoying me? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think I'd find myself on this side of the hot take spectrum, but I... <laughs> I, I understand where it comes from. It's not even like a slab necessarily, right? It can be taking out your anger physically on another object near a child. Mm -hmm. As in, there's a scene in The Lost Daughter where um, the, the mother, she's like saddled with two kids, her life is miserable. And then she slams a door and then the glass in the door shatters near the children and she slams it because she's frustrated with her children. And so obviously that's still very traumatizing. The children cry, and but she's not like doing anything to the child. It's she she needs desperately some vent to give vent to her angst and everything, and that's how she did it. And I really I don't know. I empathize with that, even though I know it's like sad. <laughs> I yeah. So yeah, as we grow, I empathize more and more with, especially mothers. I think that's another difference that I hold in my head. Yeah. Like, when mothers do it, I empathize more and I can forgive that more than when fathers do it. What about, uh, in a teaching or mentorship position, what do we feel about, like, tough love in that sense? And that's also another area in which there's a lot of conversation on where do you draw the line and where does it become 
abusive or harmful and where is it actually you know tough love so what do we feel about like tough love pedagogy there is it needed so this is again interesting to me because a lot of our discourse around sports particularly or you know people in any kind of professional capacity who are considered great like the greatest we've ever had often come from this background of be- becoming great after being like rung through this tough love machine mm. uh and so that's how they imbibe the discipline that's required to become great rather than just good um but i don't know i this to me is where again i'm confused because on the one hand i do i do actually buy it that that kind of tough love <laughs> does make the difference between becoming good and becoming great in those capacities but then um i don't know like this research also that shows that that's not necessarily the case in especially underserved communities youth communities um the way the kind of tough love that works in that situation is being demanding but also being benevolent uh produces like optimal result okay so this one i think i have a bit of an issue with i actually don't think i like tough love in this instance because if we talk about um sports like athletes who have made it to the absolute tops of their professions and like who are good examples of people who have done it with their parents like tiger woods um the williams sisters right with tennis and they all have these dads who are like super duper duper involved and like push them um or singers um so there's the all these like famous singers from way back when or not way back delete that oh my god <laughs> there's all these singers from a decade or two ago who were sort of trained and mentored by their music execs you know very very closely and really pushed the problem i have with these is that they're ripe for exploitation and a lot of times it's somebody taking a child or somebody who's like a newly formed adult or you know look at the britney spears situation um and somebody very close to them in their lives who's in a position to sort of gain their trust really exploiting them and pushing them to their absolute human limits for personal gain and so to me the tough love thing here is is deeply complicated and much more so than it is in the parent child relationship because there's a direct commercial benefit to the person doing the toughing <laughs> um to be super tough and ring everything they can out of that other human but kala i'm just curious because how do you draw the line between you know like we discussed like okay parents have this whatever moral authority of the over the child so where do you draw the line between the parent doing what they think is good for their kid versus what's good for them right because a lot of times parents enroll us in like classes and they think okay you're a very gifted pianist you should pursue this or you're a very gifted writer you should pers- you know they kind of push us in different ways in different directions so how do you draw the line between you know when they're doing it for themselves versus when they're doing it and a lot of the times they are also doing it for themselves right like you wish that your d- daughter gets those like piano lessons for 8 years which you didn't or whatever yeah, i, I yeah, mean i yeah. sorry i mean i don't know how do you <laughs> you're like i have no experience with this at all this has <laughs> never happened before to me okay at some point the child is able to articulate what they want right at yeah. some point when they're 15 when they're 18 when they're 21 at some point they get the ability to say i don't want this anymore i don't enjoy this but at that point has the has the relationship become already so psychologically sort of manipulate manipulative that you can't you know that that people don't even have agency anymore i don't know so 
what interests me about this particular thing is this idea of good versus great right so in all these movies like like whiplash and black swan and even dangal for that matter yeah there's a super super strict ab- like verbally abusive sometimes even physically abusive and whiplash or whatever yeah um mentors or parents but parent slash mentors who push this person to greatness at at a severe cost like the 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 idea is that you need to get into you need to experience hardship and discomfort to to get there to uh, reach the absolute pinnacle and then yeah. there's this whole like journey type of narrative um and that's what's interesting because it's like there is a cost to this and i do buy that you do have to go through some hardship to reach that level of greatness but i don't know if the cost is really worth it per se but i do buy that the tough love approach works if that happens in whiplash the guy keeps coming back the kid right he keeps coming back so even though the teacher is psychologically sort of manipulating him but and every single day the kid is choosing to like keep pushing himself and keep pushing himself so like that one didn't i don't think that one bothered me as much in the sense that i don't feel he was like under the thumb of that professor in any way and he was so like driven to succeed and he like wanted this so badly so i think to me that would be an example of a, an instance where okay the tactics were highly unethical right like the mentorship tactics were highly unethical and potentially harmful but at the end of the day both people were participating in that like quest for greatness it's we are that we're reversing our positions when yeah. it comes to this particular thing because i i just don't think anybody should be great in that way you know like i don't know but this is where a lot of my discomfort with like even the way in which sports culture in our society is like you know mm. people love seeing sports people at their fittest and like they are the pinnacle of like physical strength that a human can achieve sort of a thing and they do it through a lot of like physical rigor at the cost of like giving themselves arthritis or whatever i mean with and and it's with dancers sports people whatever to become the greatest i think our society needs to do away with this whole idea altogether i don't know because i i just really feel like nobody should be pushed that hard because for every one person who becomes great with that pushing there are many who are like scarred and who can't who don't become that right because it's literally that one in a million thing so i i agree with t- tafla with accountability or like teaching you the basics of being a decent human being which teachers and mentors have to do but i just don't see like the justification of like pushing yeah, somebody till that the edge of a cliff yeah yeah i don't justify it and i don't advocate for it advocate for it either i'm saying that it feels like something that works from what we've seen even in real life like nadal is supposed to have been a product of tough love from his uncle um while growing up and then like i guess yeah. the problem is that we haven't seen another model of mentorship that produces similar because usually like mentors are, like the mentor mentee relationship in these contexts has usually been a little like patriarchal like yeah. guided by the logic of patriarchy at least where you discipline and you impose rather than guide or i don't know so i'm wondering what it would look like for like a care ethic sort of mentorship to push someone to greatness rather than this
yeah i i think you also have examples of that right which you see a lot in like art and music and and even in intellectual pursuits i feel like i'm creating a binary between sports and like <laughs> intellectual pursuits but uh, don't mean to but let's talk about tough love in a different setting which is tough love in friendships and what do we feel about that is it a space which people used to like inflict pain or is it actually where you know it's justified um and friends should use the tough love approach mm, no i don't advocate it for i don't advocate for it over here in this context because at least personally speaking i've seen a lot of people be hurtful and disguise it as tough love i don't believe it in in friendships at all because i don't think it's the role of a friend Wow, am I the only one? I'm the only friend who advocates for tough love. Oh god. I can't picture you doing it. <laughs> All my friends listening to this podcast. Shushti's uh, coming for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm coming for you. But don't you think that like I think the sign of a really close friendship is when a friend can show tough love to you in the sense that you're going through a really difficult time and you need somebody to be able to be honest with you and just because i think it's easy to be loved and to get loved when you're always being nice and kind and that's the thing to do right like it's easy to get and receive love when you're being a good and nice person but very few people will be like honest with you you know and tell you that hold you accountable as a friend so i think that for me that's actually a big sign of a true friend if like they can show me tough love and i know there are others who've done it for me where like i'm going wrong and they've held me accountable to my own moral compass and been like you know what this is bullshit or you shouldn't do this you're hurting this person but that's not is that tough i don't think that's tough love i think no, if you isn't if, that, if isn't you that? hurt your friends feelings hmm. or you behave in a way that hurts them and they tell you so that's not tough love no that's that hurts someone else like why you're so they're oh, holding so they're you getting they're meddling in your relationship with a third person no because they know about it so where you oh, know, we discuss everything no. and they know no oh yikes no <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like it's important where there's somebody who's telling you that oh my god, are you realizing what you're doing? Someone jumping in and what stirring the pot. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't subscribe to this friendship model. <laughs> Or say for example, even with work, okay? Mm-hmm. Like somebody who you can show a piece of work product to. I feel like that's a really good example yeah. of tough love and they'll be completely honest with you. It's in their interest if they want to maintain the friendship mm-hmm. to be like Oh this is amazing you're doing great work blah 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 but I think it's a true friend who can tell you this is this way what's happening to your politics is this okay are you are you in a way that you will also understand and then I feel like okay I'm giving you all an example maybe that now <laughs> you might relate to and you might have to like agree with me what do you think and where it's actually like a wake up call and you can trust these people to be yeah, honest with you that I agree with I knew <laughs> this is a trick question. So I don't think it's a trick question because I agree with it but I don't think that's what tough, tough love. love is. Hmm. Yeah. Like I think that's just holding someone accountable. It's not like the only way to hold someone accountable is tough love and there's no other way. Like that Venn diagram is not a circle. It's, it just intersects. I actually I kind of like what you said in the sense that a true friend will do that for you but I actually think a true true friend will know what their friend really wants from showing you that piece of work product. So I've had this both ways, right? The friend who's like, "Will you read my screenplay, novel, whatever, fill in the blank?" 
And you know that what they're really looking for is like validation and kindness and accolade and someone to say like, wow, like I, this is awesome. You know, they're looking for that. And then there's other people who from the way that they approach you, from what you know of them, you know that they actually want you to read this critically and provide them some like real feedback. And I think knowing the difference based on like where the person is in their lives, what they need at that moment, and giving them maybe what they need is true friendship. Doesn't mean you lie through your teeth, but it means that you <laughs> provide a different context for what you're saying. This was an interesting novel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being okay yeah I I think I agree with that actually like knowing the context yeah I was just saying like I, I think I agree with that but I also feel like when in that example when someone shows you something and then you tell them it's nice because that's what they want to hear that might also just be unfair to them in the long run so mm. i don't i don't know how do i i feel like there's a way to have both kinds of conversations where on one hand you praise them and give them the validation that they want and on the other hand you are honest with them without it being like tough love and being like hey you need to face the facts this is really bad like you don't have to say it like that right because that's something that will hurt their feelings it's not constructive it just makes them makes their self affects their self worth. Mm -hmm. So I mean, for me, tough love is something that doesn't distinct doesn't like care about how a person receives it. It's more focused on how you say it, and like you center yourself in this thing and your intention rather than how the other person is gonna receive it. So, yeah. Fair point. I feel like I still have a lot to say about tough love. <laughs> This is just the starting point. I didn't think we'd have so much to disagree on on this topic, but we can surprise ourselves. On that note, go give your friend a slap. <laughs> I'm joking. On that note, reminisce about childhood slaps. I'm joking again. Humor can be a way of coping. Enjoy. Are you okay? We are not okay. Okay. On that note, <laughs> see you again <laughs> next time. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by TS Studios, the production company that brings the Swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films.